This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. This offense makes me want to poke my eyeballs out. Like, I yeah. simply just want to take a fork and stick it in my eyeballs sometimes because they are so good and then so bad at the worst times. And, like, some of the some of it is, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is, they, they lost this game at the end because he was clearly just missing wide open receivers. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also, look, I'm a Matt LaFleur stan. He's going to be in Green Bay for a while. They just extended him. I'm not calling for anybody's head here. However, there are some decisions where I'm just like full question mark, right? Like you mentioned earlier that three and out after um, that really long drive. Yeah. Why is AJ Dillon in? Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I love AJ Dillon, right? Yeah. He has his he has his very specific role, but you're backed up. You need to get a first down. You need to get yards, and you decide not to go with Aaron Jones in that moment. Like that it's those decisions that I'm just like, why? They're on the bench for 10 minutes of game time. Like, I don't know yeah. how, how real world time. I don't know how long. Cold. I mean, he's really gotta tired. get out. Like, you're probably freezing cold right now. Like, and you decide to go with AJ instead of your best weapon you know it's those things to me that I just have lots of questions and again the end of the game I think part of that was Aaron probably ad-libbing you hear him checking out of plays like on the tv broadcast all the time but you know you need it's fourth and three you need three yards you need three yards or it's game and you're chucking it 30 yards down the field to no one like you have, again, you have Aaron Jones. It's just certain things like that. I'm like, dude, what are we, they, like you said, they make it so much harder on themselves than it needs to be. Well, you mentioned like just three or four things that we could all talk about for, I think for a full podcast with AJ Dillon. Look, you're not going to offend me. I just, I mean this in the most professional of X's and O's. Like, I just don't think he's very good right now. I, I just don't. It's not to say that he couldn't come back next year and be great or next week, but up until this point in the season, he's just not giving you anything. He's not giving you explosive plays. Look, okay, he's fine in pass pro. Good, great. But that's a little tough for me considering they spent a second round pick on him in like maybe the most consequential draft in this era of Packers football. I, whatever. I, you're not going to offend me by being critical of A.J. Dillon. The, the making it harder on themselves thing, I thought Rodgers played great last night up until the last couple of throws. What was a bummer yeah. is when Rodgers was dealing, his defense couldn't get off the field and his receivers were dropping passes. And then when the defense all of a sudden got it on the tracks, then Rodgers couldn't hit guys. It's just like, again, with the timing, like it's it's not complimentary football, it's contradictory football. Last night, I, I, I thought of something, and this is the first time I've ever like tried to make this into a take while watching the Packers, is I think when Rodgers is on third down or fourth down especially, like, he gets tunnel vision and he starts playing the game within the game. Like he wanted to go to Lazard on that fourth down and he's going to talk after the game. Like, oh, I expected Allen to keep going and he came back and it's like, well, we wanted to do this. That never should have been on the table, period. Like nothing going on on that sideline. Like the rest of the field is what you should have been doing. And I think Rogers made up his mind in that play. It's like, I'm going to Lazard and closed everything else off and it's the game within the game i want him to go this way and adjust this it's like none of that is on the table on a gotta have it fourth and down to, or fourth uh and go uh or three or whatever fourth down no. especially safety. when the check down option in aaron jones is wide open yeah and i saw some clips where robert tunyon was pretty available too it's just once he decided lazard is my guy like the rest of the field might have been 
just it wasn't on the table for him. And and that's been his kryptonite the last couple of seasons. Now, granted, for a long time, it was to Devontae Adams. And you're fine with that because Devontae Adams is going to make that play about 90% of the time. Probably. But mean it's a high percentage play, but yes. Right, but but the tunnel vision thing has is not new to this season. The reason it's becoming a problem this season is because it's not working nearly as much as it used to. Yeah, he's tunnel visioning to guys that aren't as good. Yeah, really. but then like early in the game in the end zone when he threw that ball to Watson, it's like I've seen that with Jordy Nelson. I've seen that with Devonte Adams. Like there are moments in the flow of a game where that strategy is okay, especially on a free play, right? When I was going to say, look, you yeah. got a free play. Aaron Rodgers is a magician. Yeah. And you're right. He was playing great until he needed to be great. It kind of reminds me of the Lizzo song. Why men great till they gotta be great. Which one is that? It's the one where she sings about the Minnesota Vikings. Is that truth hurts? Yeah. No. yeah. Like that's what I thought of last night. I was like, this is the epitome of Aaron Rodgers in this game. Cause you're right. He has so much magic. He's clicking with everybody. I love seeing like you want, okay. You want to take positives out of this. I mean, Christian Watson, like he might be it. <laughs> he, he like truly might be it. I really like watching him play. Likeable I guy. really like watching him play. He's so, he's, he's got so much energy. He is just everything about him is the making of a one a wide receiver one size speed athleticism skill contest that that catch like you're you're just who else on this team is making that catch no one i miss romeo i i want to see them play together me too i swear to god if if we get one thing out of the season i want it because i really like them both and i think they do a lot of different things but yeah just watching watson and i remember early in the year when they were losing games it's like well if this is the way the season is going to go, I at least want Watson out there because he gives us something that we haven't had. Like they haven't drafted a guy high with the side and with the speed, uh, the size and speed. And I know MBS was similar, but you know, he wasn't a blue chip prospect the same way Watson was. And he's just fun to watch. And like, it's, it's fun to watch them grow chemistry. I'm also not worrying too much about chemistry because I don't know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is playing. And like, we can talk about what comes next, but like, Oh, Watson is learning the playbook within the playbook and all these things. It's like, great. By the time he has it down, Rogers is going to retire. I do think there's something about a receiver getting to read defenses in a way that Aaron Rodgers reads defenses is going to help him regardless of who's under center in the future, because it means he's going to be able to pick his open spots. um, Right. Like, if you can match Aaron Rodgers level of like football IQ and kind of chemistry, you're pretty much going to be able to play with anybody. And I mean, you're seeing it right now, right? With Devonte Adams, the Raiders are abysmal, but Adams is still. He's eating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like could, eating could, with Derek Carr. Could Watson succeed even with Russell Wilson, who's using audibles from a different organization at the moment reportedly like, or is that different level of. Yeah, I think, well, if your quarterback is just going to be a, idiot then <laughs> there's nothing else there but yeah I'm with you. yeah I mean I, I, this offense is just frustrating and I I really want to believe in Matt LaFleur like I, I really really do because the last couple of seasons gives him that benefit of the doubt of like yeah. you've brought some really interesting really creative things and maybe I think this just wasn't it this year but you're getting growth from two rookie receivers for the future You've still got Aaron Jones out there. There's going to be a major overhaul this offseason on this team in general. Um, but I'm hopeful that Matt LaFleur can kind of self-scout, if you will, and get them back on track for next season because this year just ain't it. 
So Malifleur is going to take a lot of fire probably the rest of this week. And As he should. This weekend. Yeah. Coach. What has he got to do differently? Like, where is he lacking? The, the easy answer is his team is soft. I don't know what button he pushes. I don't know what play he calls that changes that. Like teams smell blood in the water when they play against Matt LaFleur's Packers. Maybe that's not because of Matt LaFleur. But you have a harder time telling me that it's Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, A.J. Dillon. Like you have an easier time convincing me that it starts with the head coach and that's where the attitude comes from rather than it's they just drafted and acquired all soft players. Like one person versus 53 players, you know. Look, I don't think that... It's definitely not the players. And I don't want to say that these these offensive players are soft because I don't think that's that's right and that's true. I mean, you watch A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, if you want to give an example, like drive with every fiber of their being to get an extra yard, right? Like they're fighting, right? They, they both are. Aaron Jones specifically, I mean, that guy turns nothing into magic. I think, I think this season has been a really – interesting push and pull between getting Aaron Rodgers what he wants to see on the field. And I think Matt LaFleur has a lot of respect and deference for him as he should, right? Rodgers has earned that, but, and I'm not inside the locker room and I know that they talk regularly and probably game plan together, but Matt LaFleur has to, I think eventually put his foot down and say like, I want to run my offense this way. And this is how we're going to do this. And now if you see something and you want to take it like that free play or a deep shot where Christian Watson gets like, there are certainly moments where you want to say, just go Rogers. But like this team just doesn't feel prepared. Like it's another thing I wanted to ask you about, which is they couldn't do up tempo if they tried. No. It's just tick, tick, tick. tick. Yeah. So there's certain head coaching things where it's like, get your guys prepared. Like, do you practice the two minute drill? Do you practice up tempo? And can you, as the head coach, put your foot down and say, no, this, this is what I'm scripting. And this is what we're going to go with because most of the time it fucking works. Well, Rogers, Rogers looks like Rogers again in that he's throwing off his back foot and he's doing all these Aaron Rodgers things. And I, one thing that has kind of stuck with me through this season, and I don't remember when Matt LaFleur said this, maybe this was even last year, but maybe he said it multiple times where he's like, if Rodgers isn't comfortable with something, I'm not going to call it. And we talk about that during the week, right? But, and, and I get why you do that. Like, and, and that's a thing in life with parent with parenting, or if you're a boss, like you want the people around you to be comfortable. You don't want to make people uncomfortable all the time, but sometimes you have to be a little uncomfortable to grow. And yeah. I feel like Rodgers has gotten so comfortable and we could talk about, financially like the the amount of comfort that that contract put on him he's like well what are you guys going to do to me i'm bigger than anyone in this organization now which is something that your guy nagler has said a couple times and i definitely agree with but rogers feels very comfortable i mean tom clements is back shit like they brought back his old quarterback coach too and i don't know if that's the best recipe for growth and sometimes you know maintaining and sustaining isn't enough sometimes you still have to evolve even in year 16 17 18 absolutely yeah it's kind of like the guy and then I want to talk wrap up with with where this team goes next but it kind of reminds me of like the guy who's been at like a large corporation for like his 30 year career and now you got like new blood coming in maybe they bring in some new technology that you know is going to make things more efficient and this guy is like but I've been here for 30 years and this has been working why would I do this 
and you're like, come on, just, just, just try it. Just, just yeah. go with the flow. And like, he kind of buys in a little bit, but he doesn't want to learn it fully. And it ends up being like a little bit of a shit show because yeah. you got to do things a hundred percent. You got to move with the times. When they brought Tom Clements back, I was like, I don't know if this is great because I, this was, he was brought back last off season, right? It all starts to run together. He's been here now. This is his no, this, pa- this past off season. Yeah. So they lost to San Francisco. And I remember coming out of that game thinking, I feel like Rogers is on blast a little bit after that. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially kind of after the ups and downs of everything that kind of Rogers brought into the fold last year, um, which included a lot from start to finish, including kind of dramatically coming back to training camp and missing time. And I, I came into that off season last year after the Niners game thinking, like Rogers needs to be put on notice a little bit. And the response was, we're going to bring back your old buddy quarterback coach. And it's like, well, that's the opposite of what I was. Hoping yeah. For. I mean, maybe they thought it would like be the fire for him, you know, or, like or he's in there mouthpiece for Lafleur. Like maybe I'm thinking now Nathaniel Hackett was really good at that. Nathaniel Hackett was the buffer. Like he delivered the tough news that Rogers didn't want to hear, but he did it with Austin powers quotes. Rogers might just be, you might just be a child. I really do think that this offense is missing Nathaniel Hackett. And I know it's easy to say, oh, but he's, he, look, look what he's doing in, in Denver. How could that be? But like they had the best offense in the league in 2020. And Hackett was a huge, huge part of that. Yeah. And when you talk about leadership, look, Matt LaFleur's post game after the Cowboys, seeing him that emotional and seeing him get the guys fired up in the locker room, I think really did something to me because I've definitely been kind of questioning whether he is that rah-rah guy, but Hackett was always that guy, right? And you're you're very much missing that. So I think there's going to be some interesting personnel changes coming up. Like if Hackett gets sacked in Denver, like does he come back? I, I mean, I would welcome it. Um, yeah. But I think for the rest of this season, just put a little bow on this episode, um, I don't know what they should do here. They're they're in such a pickle because they're not mathematically eliminated and they're likely not going to play Jordan Love until they are. But at this point, going through being, you know, eight and eight or, you know, eight, and nine, whatever that looks like, seven and nine, you know, like being mediocre is not going to get them anywhere. I said this last week before the Cowboys game, because I kind of thought McCarthy was going to come into Lambeau and stomp the Packers. And that mm. was going to be like the funeral of the season. And instead it happened four days later. And we got a little bit of excitement first. Which is, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. That was a fun game. And it was a Lambeau three 30 on Fox. Like that felt like, you know, kind of a lot of the games that we got used to over the last 10 years. But in preparation for the Cowboys game, I thought, okay, I'm not saying tank, but, the Packers have a really difficult offseason coming up in that they have a lot of money tied into a lot of guys and all yeah. those numbers are about to go up and they're going to have to cut some guys. Like they don't have a great avenue to get better this offseason, but having really elite draft picks would certainly help the situation. It's not going to fix the situation, but man, this offseason is a lot more palpable if you're picking really, really high, which the Packers almost never do. And I still feel that way. That being said, you're not going to bench Rodgers this week. And I know so many Packers no. want that. Like, guys, it's not realistic. They gave him $50 million this offseason. If there was even a hope or a prayer that Jordan Love would take over at any point this year, they wouldn't have done that. Right now, once they're mathematically eliminated, two games at the end of the year, sure. Right. But if you think he's starting six games, five games, that's just, that's not how this is going to go. That's not how this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've gone into this ad nauseum and I definitely, we don't need to get into it too much here, but I, I agree. I think also, especially like, you don't know what this offseason holds for Aaron Rodgers, what he's going to decide to do with his career. And like, I think the last thing you'd want to do is 
have like this game or next game be like Aaron Rodgers is the last, like it just, it's just simply not going to happen. Like I said, there's so much like respect and deference for him in this organization that he so rightfully deserves. And we've actually seen him play better as the season's gone on. Right. Like I think at the beginning of the season, you're like, who, where is this MVP? And now the last two games you're like, okay, okay. Like Aaron Rodgers, we know is back. So we'll see, but yeah, lots of decisions coming up and, um, the season's just been like a major disappointment. So far. Yeah, it's such not, a bummer. It's not been fun. It just hasn't no. been fun. Like this defense should be fun and it's not. This offense, I, we kind of are getting what we expected from this offense, maybe a little worse than we expected or hoped for, but we didn't expect it to be amazing. Um, I, I just think the defense is the biggest bummer for me because you put so many resources into it and it just, it hasn't even been fun. Forget elite. Like they haven't even been fun to watch. Yeah. They're not exciting. Um, I think though, I guess... It's actually for me, I'm like, I feel like maybe you get some new blood in there and you got the pieces. Like, I think this defense is salvageable. Sure. So maybe if we want to spin it like that. Like, I like um, I the Broncos defense. They love playing for Averro. They love that guy. They cannot yeah. wait to run to the sideline after a stop and celebrate with that guy. And I would have loved Wink Martindale. Can we just talk about like what he has been able to do with the job? I just like, I would have loved a Wink. You, you love someone who has at one point coordinated a good defense. Yeah. That you, think about, you think about the way that Matt LaFleur has talked about Dan Quinn, like the way that he talked about him going yeah. into this Cowboys game. Like, so anyway, we are super, super overtime grant. Sorry, really man. appreciate you coming on. Oh, there was so much to talk about. Um, it's nice to kind of flip the script. Usually I come on your show and you're the one asking me questions. So I'm not going to lie. This was nice. <laughs> I loved I it. Try to think of interesting descriptive questions. Cause like when I've had you on in the past, I was like, I can't ask bummy questions or she, like, it's just not, it's not worth it. You're busy. Like I don't want to have you on and just talk about the dumb talking points. So this was nice. Yeah. It was less work. And yeah. So um, definitely before we get out of here, tell the people where to find you. Uh, Wisco sports show every day from four to six. Uh, it's on a couple of stations around the state, but probably the best way if you don't live near one of those stations is just follow me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Um, and I tweet out a show link like every day, um, but we're always adding affiliates. So hopefully Green Bay soon. We're circling the area. Uh, we're it. adding ones around Green Bay. So eventually we'll get there. But yeah, Definitely. on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts and they're all posted too. Definitely, definitely listen to Grant. He always has some really, I think you have a really unique creative look <laughs> on sports. You really do. You come out with takes that are that are not like everybody else that's just repeating the same echo chamber fodder. So the anti-Joe Barry of creating takes. Yeah, exactly. Try and um, so thank you all for listening. Um, TBD when we get a Maggie Loney back, but for now, enjoy some of the guests and me if you want. Um Listen to us at PWSS Podcast on Twitter, Pax What She Said on Instagram and Twitch. And uh, as always, go Paco. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 